another episode on equities and um, I'm alone again. Hopefully not going to be a habit, but uh, hopefully you find it entertaining regardless. We're going to talk about a lot of things because the, the energy has heated up in the market. We're going to talk about the uh, the inflation number that we got yesterday, how it impacted bond yields, equities, what really is on the move in the equity market. We're going to talk about the US consumer and the economy. And then we're talk, going to talk about a little bit of earnings that are coming out tomorrow and next week. So if we start with the beginning, yesterday we had the US October inflation number. The It, it was a positive surprise. Uh, on the month-on-month reading, both on the on the core and the um, and the headline figure, and um, you know we had a pretty sizable, uh, pretty sizable move uh, lower in the U.S. ten-year yield, um, and the S&P 500 futures rallied um, almost two percent. The Nasdaq 100 futures rallied more than two percent, I think two point one percent, and it's getting awfully close to uh, closing on a new high for the year, above the sixteen thousand level. Um, before I comment on the before I comment on the on the equity market you know level itself and, and where we're going from here, I just want to touch a little bit and and, and and make an important point. So the U.S. services inflation, less energy, that's sixty percent of the CBI basket, is still running at an annualized rate of seven point oh, sorry four point seven percent, and it has been at that level for the past three months. So yes, we have come down from recent highs. But for three months now, we've stabilized at this level. So what does it all mean? Well, I, I think that you know the inflationary dynamics and pressures are still there. We don't need a very you know strong pickup. I think in global economic activity, before you see you know bottlenecks and the constraints on the supply side turning into in turning into more inflation. Um, the big joker here, of course, is China. Get back to China in this podcast when we talk about um, some of the some of the recent earnings figures that we have got. So, I mean, I uh, I, I I definitely lean towards the argument that has also been put forward by other market commentators that you know it's too early to declare victory against inflation. Um, but it's looking better. But it's still potentially sticky. And as I talked to LT about in our fixed income podcast yesterday, you know we have that potential ugly feedback loop, um, you know, the inflation expectations and how that impacts the wages and then how that impacts prices. And then you have the vicious feedback loop. Okay, but if you look at, if you look at the equity market, so the S&P 500 futures are very close to the July highs as well. So if you make some few comparisons here, so if you take the current US 10-year yield level, we are 60 basis points, so 0.6 percentage point higher than where we were back in July. Earnings estimates for the S&P 500, the forward estimates, are around 3% higher. So you can say that the recent, the recent move higher, or you can say that the level where we are at right now, which is comparable to July, is off a, very, a much higher US 10-year yield and almost no change in the, in the forward earning estimates. So it's purely a valuation expansion. It's animal spirits. Um, and I think it shows you that the market is hypersensitive to uh, to good news. Um, but on the other hand, you know, I've been in this uh, I've been in this industry for so long that um, when you see strong momentum and a technical backdrop and animal spirits, I'm not going to I'm not going to be going to be the one that will uh, that will lean against that. So I think we'll we'll go with the short term positive optimism here, and um, because we're also getting closer to the year end, and you know, sometimes we get these rallies. So. Um, Unless we get some adverse developments, I think the the direction here for equity market is to test 
these um, these uh, highs for the year and and potentially move into a new territory. So um, let's go with the flow. If we look at some of the themes that really reacted yesterday, it was very clear among our theme baskets that bubble stocks, so companies with very high equity valuations or even negative earnings expectations for the coming two years, were really bit. The same goes for biotechnology companies of all sorts, especially those that are not mature with positive cash flows. And then everything that smells of the green transformations or our energy storage basket, our green transformation, renewable energy. And and the reason f- that these segments are were the most bits, so they were up between 6 and 8%, these segments, is basically because those areas of the economy are those that are the most sensitive to funding cost. Um, and they are that because they're capital intensive, the green transformation or the green transformation is capital intensive, biotechnology is also extremely capital intensive onto your cash flow positive because you're doing all this R&D. And so a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, you know, investments up front before you see any cash flows and bubble stocks, uh, a little bit the same. It's just, uh, it's just a different, different ball game. It's a, bit, a little bit like biotechnology, but just often in, 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 this, in software and services. So, um, that is what it is. And then, of course, everything that smells of green, you know, the green transformation, I think have been heavily shorted. I mean, if you look at some of the, look at some of the price performance that we have seen in, in solar stocks and wind turbines, yes, there are problems, but it's not that bad. Um, and the outlook is still pretty strong. So it, it seemed like that what, what had just been a growing target from, you know, uh, sophisticated, <laughs> sophisticated. Or I don't know whether they're sophisticated, but from hedge funds, etc., very active uh, trading firms, etc., had been been shorting that. And if they are engaging in a in a short coverage and uh, coverings, then of course that could add a little bit of fuel to that rebound that we are seeing in, across the across the spectrum. And talking about the green transformation, we had a big news today. Uh, it was actually announced yesterday. Siemens Energy they they finally got the deal with the parent company Siemens and the German government to get fifteen billion euros in loan guarantees to support the current backlog of orders in their uh, divisions on grid technology, gas turbines for uh, for gas power plants, etc., which is very strong and it's growing very fast. The grid technology business is almost doubled, du- has almost doubled from a year ago, but because of the troubles in the wind, in the wind turbine business where they have apparently a faulty design, uh, which is taking time to fix and replace an, an already installed wind turbines, um, they... They, they need to support the backlog and with you know capital uh, diminishing because of the problems in the wind turbine business, they had to show that up. And that, so they got those loan guarantees and that also lifted the, um, that part of the green transformation. Okay, so the third theme we're going to talk about today is the US consumer and the economy itself. So the JP Morgan GDP Nowcast, which is a real-time estimate on real GDP growth. Um, I really like these Nowcasting because the problem with the leading indicators, and we'll actually get back to the leading indicators in a, in a, in one minute, is that it's the a leading indicator model is always based on a good fit on past recessions. But if you believe that any new recession is built on a new catalyst or a mix of catalysts that we haven't seen before in prior recessions, your model will always be a little bit wrongly calibrated. What I like about the GDP now for uh, now casting is that it just tries to provide a very good estimate on where GDP growth is right now. So you're just constantly updating a forecast on a daily basis. Now, um, that GDP now forecast on the US economy has been trending lower now for over a month, uh, but it's still at a 1.5% real GDP growth. That's below trend um, and trending lower. So that's obviously not good. 
And then talking about the U.S. consumer, yesterday we had Home Depot, um, the U.S. largest home improvement retailer. Um, they raised the guidance, uh, not because the guidance is super strong, they just raised it from you know negative growth rates to a little bit less negative growth rates, but it wasn't enough to lift the, the mood. And I really think a, a business like Home Depot is potentially uh, at the uh, at the throughout. It's turning around the corner here uh, for the better. Um, and then Target, we got Target today um, in the pre-market session in the US. Uh, better than expected, uh, shares up a lot actually. And it was driven a lot also by a very strong inventory management. But again, the Target, the Target you know, announcement and the earnings result you know, really tells you that the US consumer is not is not uh, done yet uh, performing pretty well. So I think that provides a little bit of, uh, of uh, comfort for those that are speculating that the US consumer is, is dying off because of these high interest rates. It might well very well happen, but not just yet. If you look at the macro calendar, then on Friday we'll have the US permits and housing starts. And um, I'm very curious to see whether this part of the market con- uh, remains in a, in a positive state despite of these high interest rates. And then on Monday, we'll have leading indicators on the US, talking about the leading indicators. Um, I recently wrote a, a note that from the leading US conference board leading index, it peaks. We are now 23 months from or post that peak that we had back in early 2021, and we're still not in a recession. That's the, uh, that's the, second, that's the second longest uh, fly-in, if you will, in terms of time, uh, since 1978 for the U.S. economy, it's only the it's only the path leading into the Great Financial Crisis that had a longer longer span from the peak before we hit a recession. So, I think the U.S. economy is going to be it's going to be extremely interesting going forward from here in the in the next three to six months. And then we have my favorite, um, together with that J.P. Morgan uh, GDP Nowcast, we have the Chicago Fed National Activity Index. It's a monthly monthly indicator, so not a GDP Nowcast, but it's a monthly monthly indicator. It's based on a diffusion index, um, which basically means that you take the entire economy and uh, you basically compare it to a, a benchmark period. I think in this case, 1982, and um, and then you also calibrate it to to the trend growth, etc. And a Chicago Fed National Activity Index around zero means trend growth. Everything in negative is below, and everything positive value. And I think actually that this indicator has been steadily improving since the Silicon Valley uh, failure back in. In March, um, this indicator has really shown that the U.S. economy has come come back from you know, risk of recession to basically growing at trend growth. All right, earnings. I promised to talk a little bit about China. So today we got earnings from Tencent and JD.com. Um, in the case of JD.com, it was not because revenue growth were you know particularly rosy. Um, it was only up one point four percent compared to a year ago. So it's not strong growth, but it was. Nevertheless, better than expected, and the same the same signals uh, or the same um, same outcome was what we got from Tencent. You know, better than expected, and I think it shows that you know the Chinese consumer is alive. It's um, it's just not super strong yet. Um, the question is whether there is a case to be made for the Chinese consumer to stay to come back. Um, I really think that this year will be a huge transition year for the Chinese consumer because of that uncertainty related to the real estate sector and everything related basically to the fragmentation game. And we have Xi, uh, Xi Jinping, the, um, uh, the you know uh, the leader of, of China. He's in 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 the U.S. and uh, hopefully we can get more positive vibes between the two countries. Already now it seems like there are some talks about 
collaboration on different topics. So um, let's see whether that can improve the uh, the mood somewhat. Um, but still, we need the Chinese economy, and we need the the government there to to um, create uh, create more pro growth uh, policies to stimulate growth uh, in the second largest economy in the world. Then tomorrow we have three earnings releases that are worth watching. I think so. We have Siemens, the parent company of Siemens Energy. Um, they're probably going to talk a little bit more about um, what they just delivered in terms of the loan guarantees for Siemens Energy. Um, and um, yeah, it's uh, one of Europe's largest industrial companies together with Schneider Electric, uh, which is uh, French-based. And um, it's always worth looking at Siemens, just like we look at uh, General, uh, General Electric and Honeywell International, because the order book tells you what is the actual uh, industrial manufacturing and manufacturing demand out there. And Siemens basically sell everything or building is building everything from you know trains and power plants and uh, automation what have you. And then we have Walmart reporting uh, the biggest retailer in the U.S. Uh, bigger than Amazon, and you know and very important retailer. And uh, it's um it's always worth listening to what they see on the ground. And and lately they've been talking about you know what they see in terms of inflation. So maybe we can get some 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 cues from um, from Walmart. And then we have Alibaba, which is another play on the on the e-commerce and the on the consumer economy in China. So based on what we just saw from Tencent and JD.com, JD.com I would be very surprised if Alibaba uh, surprises to the downside tomorrow. And then next week, the king of all kings in terms of the earnings season is NVIDIA. So NVIDIA will report um, fiscal quarter earnings that ended in October. They will report that on Tuesday after the US market close. So... Uh, you know, fasten your seatbelts. Look, at, you know, listen to these estimates. So the expectation is for revenue growth to be one hundred and seventy-one percent over the, compared to uh, over the past year. Uh, EBITDA, the operating results uh, before everything, interest and taxes, depreciation and amortization. So the closest figure we have on on cash earnings, uh, if you will, um, ten billion dollars up from one point one billion a year ago. So basically, ten x. In one year, and obviously, it's you know, it's the AI, it's generative AI uh, hype and outlook that is driving the demand for Nvidia. And um, you know, I don't think I, I rarely get too excited about earnings releases because you know, uh, the MSCI world consists of five thousand stocks, and I mean, the, the world is big. But um, if there's a single earnings release that you must watch, and it, it is the NVIDIA earnings release next week. Um, it's going to be super important for sentiment, I think, in the in the whole AI industry. What are their... You know, we know the numbers are going to be strong. It's the question of, do they keep raising the outlook? Are they seeing any fatigue or any plateau in the demand um, on a forward basis? That is that is the key question that we are looking for. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, that's something to look out for. Okay. I think that was... Um, that was a wrap on the um, that was a wrap on the uh, on the podcast. So basically, watch the equity market rally. I think we uh, we could maybe enter a late stage uh, year end rally. Watch out for that. And if it continues, then bubble stocks, biotechnology, green transformation stocks will uh, will will lead the will lead the the gains higher. Watch U.S. permits and housing starts on Friday. Leading indicators on Monday. Chicago Fed on Tuesday. Siemens, Walmart, and Alibaba earnings tomorrow, and then that Nvidia on uh, on Tuesday. So a lot of action in the equity market to chew on. And so it definitely it's definitely not going to be boring. And I'll be back in a week from now. Thank you for listening.